Well, the great philosopher Bob Dylan sang a song in 1964 that said, Oh, the times they are a changing. There's maybe not been a lot of times in history where those words have been more true than they have been in the last few years. The times are changing. As we've wrestled with a global pandemic, the world seems shaken to the core. Add to that contested elections, riots in the street, and of course, a major toilet paper crisis. And we have had a crazy couple years, leaving a lot of us wondering, if, and maybe you're like this, what the heck just happened? Like, what the heck just happened? That we went through this and it, it escalated so quickly and then it lasted so much longer than... I remember when we were meeting as a session and this thing was coming out, we said, well, we better shut down church for three weeks because this thing could really last. That was three weeks. And people are still getting covid and people are still trying to figure some of these things out. And, and it, it's not just COVID, right? It's like our world is changing. I mean, how many of you have this sense? You ever, you ever get the sense throughout the week that you're like, this is not the world I grew up in. <laughs> this is not the America that I knew. Right? And, and, and I don't think COVID actually changed that. But I think what COVID did was sort of accelerate some of the changes that were already happening and so what I want to do is take a couple weeks. I feel really led to take a couple weeks just to talk about the changes in our world. Normally when I get up here, I exegete the Bible passage to get the meaning and then apply it to life. But what I want to do for three weeks is to reverse my sermons. I want to start with the culture and exegete the culture and then take it back to sort of Christian principles. And um, at, at first I was just going to do one week. And I started making notes and I made it two weeks. And then I was like, okay, three weeks, that's it. I'm cutting myself off. We're only doing three weeks of this. And I think actually we as Christians are supposed to do this. There's this great, there's this great inter- exchange that Jesus has with the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew 16. And, and the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test him and asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Joseph. And he left them and departed. Do you know this phrase Jesus is referencing? Red sky at night. Sailors delight, red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. So what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is, you can read the weather, but you can't read the times. The implication is you ought to be reading the times. Now, when we say reading the signs of the times, a lot of times we, we wrap that up in like this big revelation sort of thing. But that's not what Jesus is saying here, I think. When you hear signs like in this phrase, think billboards. What are the billboards of the times? If you read your culture, if we read outside, what do you see when you drive down Route 18? What do you see in commercials? What do you see in movies? What do you see in culture? What's going on out there? You should be reading the times to understand what Jesus is up to so you can get on board with what Jesus is up to. And so that's what I want to do. I want to read the skies. For a couple weeks, I want to read the skies. We're going to try to talk about where is this culture? What is going on? And so next week, I'm going to really debrief covid 
And then the third week, I'm going to really talk about uh, what it means, what a lot of these things mean for the church in, in particular. But what I really want to do today is just look at how the world is changing. And I hope you probably already know that it's changing, right? I mean, this world is just dramatically, dramatically changing. In fact, it seems like we, we could do a lot more on this, the history of this. But about every 500 years, the world goes through a major turnover. Normally, there's some sort of technological advancement that then really brings thinking forward. So think 500 years ago, there was this guy named Gutenberg. He made this thing called the printing press so that people could have books. You could be looking at the same page as somebody else. You could learn how to read. And it started, it ended what was called the Dark Ages and moved into the Enlightenment. We went from dark to light. Everybody see that? And thinking got really different. There was science instead of uh, superstition. I mean, it was was just radical, radical change. And the church had to change too. It was called the Reformation, right? And we had to, to, the church had to think of new ways to talk about stuff, to express stuff, to do things. And I am telling you that we are in one of those major 500 year, every 500 so often years, sort of changes where the world is dramatically changing. We're moving from an enlightenment world to a post-enlightenment world. We're moving from a modern world to a post-enlightenment, to a post-modern world where thinking is fundamentally different. Okay? Now, we could go into the philosophies of that, but I think we, I want to have a little bit of fun with it today. Okay? Um, my, my teacher and mentor, Dr. Leonard Sweet, wrote a book called Viral, and he talked about these changes this way. That we're moving from a Gutenberger world, okay, Gutenberger, based on books, based on the printing press, modern world, to what he called a Googler world, okay? We went from a Gutenberger world to a Googler world, okay? So, uh, and there's lots of ways to sort of know if you're more of a Gutenberger or more of a Googler, okay? But today, I want to invite a couple of guests up for my sermon. So my guests, can you come on up? I'm going to invite a Gutenberger and a Googler up here. We're going to have some conversation because I want to show you some of the differences between a Gutenberger and a Googler. Playing the part of a Gutenberger, well, you can just come straight up. Okay, all right. That's what, that's, I guess, that's what I do. Playing the part of the Gutenberger will be my father-in-law, Steve Hartman, my wife's father. Uh, can we welcome him with a round of applause? Playing the role of a Googler will be my son, Jaden Rimmer. No, thank you, Jaden. For both of them, it's their first sermon, so we'll be a little bit grace-filled for them. Um, but welcome, Steve. How old are you? Um, 66. You're on. You turned it on? I'm, I'm retired almost a month ago. Retired? Recently retired? Okay. So now he has time to come down and start a preaching career. Um, Jaden, how old are you? I am 16. Okay, so on my left, we've got 66 and 16. We got 50 years, and I am perfectly in the middle. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be, age-wise, thinking-wise, a lot. So what year were you born, Steve? I was born in 55. Okay, and you were born in? 05. 05. Okay, so there you go. So you have a Gutenberger and a Googler in between, and and, then a Midler. I don't know what I call myself. I'm somewhere (laughs) in between these two. The the reality is I'm a little bit of both. Um, I'm a little bit of both. So let's just have a little bit of fun. Steve, tell everyone, especially some of our younger listeners here, what were phones like when you were a kid? 
It was a single device in the house that had a rotary dial. You had to stick your finger in the hole and twist it around. And uh, when you picked up the phone, you had to be careful there was nobody else on the other end of it because it was a party line. And uh, we used to get in trouble all the time because you kept picking the phone up and the other person on the other end was saying, will you please hang that phone up? I gotta finish my call. So party, how many of you remember party lines? Yep, if, if you raise your hand, you, you're probably in the Gutenberger camp. Like, you might as well know that. Okay, uh, Jaden, uh, when you were born, we did not even have a landline. No, I don't think so. No. Do you remember when we got a landline? Yeah. We got, it, we got a deal on a landline for a little while. And you remember how amazed you kids were? They were, like, calling everybody. But what was the big question from your siblings? Do you remember? Uh, what can it play games? Yeah, my kids are like, how come this thing doesn't play games? Yeah, it's a landline. It doesn't work that way. Uh, we always had cell phones, right? Yeah. Did, do you remember your first cell phone that you saw? Um, it, it wasn't actually a cell phone. It was, in a, it was in a vehicle that I worked for, and I thought it was so neat that I could talk on a phone with no cord. I mean, I was going down the road with no cord. It was like a, it was like a brief. It was like a great big thing. Yeah, it was a yeah. big uh, device, you know. Um, and then, uh, Jaden, how do you consume shows and TV? Um, I use pretty much anything where I can watch anything I want at any time, which is... Yeah, so YouTube, you watch a lot of oh, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube, which Netflix, is Hulu. Like entertainment. Okay, what was, what was TV like when you were a kid? Uh, we had three channels, uh, 12, 24, 35, but I didn't remember. And, uh, uh, at midnight, we would be watching TV and the United States flag would come on and sing, <laughs> sing yeah. and, uh, and then the TV would go to snow. I mean, it would go, it was off. And then we'd wait until like, uh, seven o'clock in the morning and all line up in front of the TV and wait for it to come back on again. Yeah. And eventually it would. Yeah, so tell everybody about your siblings when we went to Orcas Island. Okay, so we used um, a TV. Uh, we used cable. Uh, but they, they had no idea how to work it. Yeah. They, they didn't understand the concept in changing channels or, skip, or not being able to skip commercials. Yeah, my, kids, my younger kids did not know how cable worked. Yeah. My son was like, well, how do we restart this show? Yeah, but it came on at 8 and it's 8.30. I'm really sorry. You got to just keep watching from here. No idea how Changing Channel worked. You know, they did not have a concept of it. Um, we've always had Wi-Fi yep. and computers. But do you, do you remember dial-up? Uh, I remember getting dial-up computer. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, so you had to call on the phone. First thing to go. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, how big were computers like... Uh, large, very large, and very heavy, and very expensive. Um, Not everybody had one. Uh, Jay, now, Steve, did you, did you grew up learning a slide rule. Right. You slide rule as, um, it was like uh, Yeah, explain computer. it, because there are kids in here. <laughs> okay. Truth be told, we talked about a slide rule last night. Jaden had to Google it. He had to look at the, this is the true Google. He had to look up online what a slide rule looked like. He had no idea what it looked like. 
It was like a ruler kind of thing. It was a ruler with a slide on it and with a lot of dimensions on it. And you could calculate, like if you were calculating concrete or material, timber, uh, you could calculate uh, from, from the individual uh, lettering, you know, or writing. You, you'd only seen that on Google. Yeah. Yeah, because you had calculators and you had phones. Yeah. Um, now, you learned cursive in school. Yeah, I, I learned it in younger grades. Yeah, but what letters do you know best in cursive? The six letters of my name. The six letters of his name. That's right. And you used cursive. You had to learn cursive. Yes, we wrote cursive. Yeah, here's what happens. My grandmother sends my kids birthday cards. She has perfect handwriting. I have to decipher them. A happy birthday from Grady and Granddad. My kids can't really read cursive. Jaden can kind of figure it out, but I have to interpret the cursive. It's perfect handwriting, but it might as well be Chinese. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so very different backgrounds, right? right? How many of you are starting to establish whether you're more of a Gutenberger or a Googler? Okay, yeah. Um, Steve, do you remember the encyclopedia? Uh, Britannica, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a guy who came to our house faithfully and tried to sell encyclopedias to my mom and thought we were going to be dummies if we didn't have it. <laughs> That's what he told her. And, uh, uh, but as soon as we got it, it was outdated like uh, really quickly, and so you had to have the updated version. So it was an ongoing uh, book, books. Encyclopedia is one of the books we do not accept at the book sale because we get them and nobody buys them. Right? You've seen an encyclopedia? Yeah. Like a museum or something? <laughs> in the library. Yeah. Yeah, we had this conversation, and my, my daughter Morgan said she's only ever used an encyclopedia online. She's never actually used the books. Um, what, how do you look up stuff? Yeah, I just, I Google it. You Google it, that's right. That's right. And, Google, and then Wikipedia comes up, which is, if you're not familiar with Wikipedia, it's, uh, it's totally crowdsourced. So instead of an expert writing the entries, it's like anybody writing the entries, which can be good or bad, right? But actually, statistically speaking, Wikipedia is, is maybe on most pages a little more accurate than the encyclopedia because it's constantly being updated and corrected. Um, uh, Jaden, uh, Steve, let's, Steve, how do you know that something is true? Um... My parents instilled truth in me, <laughs> sometimes in the woodshed and sometimes other places. But uh, by the most part, uh, I, I trusted my parents and, and, and I was in church a lot of my life. And I believe, I believe the Bible is true. So that's, that's where I get my stability from. Yeah, and if it's new to you? Uh, if it's new to me, I question it and uh, find the, the truth in it. Yeah, know? like prove it. We're going to prove it. you got to know that. Yeah. Jaden, what about you? What, what do you? How do you think about truth? Um, I, uh, I think it's like what I truly believe to be true is what my truth is, and that might be different from other people. Yeah, so you have trouble with the idea of... Actually, when I asked Jaden this question at a coffee shop this week, I said, well, how do you know something's true? He's like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you mean, what do I mean by that? What do you mean, like, true or not true? Like, but, but that's a different perspective on truth. Truth is more experienced versus taught and learned. It's a difference uh, in a Googler world, in a Wikipedia world, right? Um, all right, so how do you keep notes, Jaden? Uh, I 
keep them on my phone. Yeah, Jaden, how many notes do you have on your phone? I have 197. 197 notes. So he has a note for like everything on his on apps on his phone. This is funny though, because Steve, you now use the phone. Took me a long time, but I finally got to it. I had a, a paper in my pocket for my whole life. I have a shirt on today with no pocket. That is he didn't used to day. own. I would have not done Steve that. Steve didn't used to I own have shirts without pockets. Shirt. He'd have a pencil and note index cards right paper, here for everything. Paper, yep. And I wrote that down, erased that, wrote that down, erased that. But uh, today, it took me a long time, but I converted over to a uh, uh, notepad on a cell phone. And, and uh, I finally eliminated it. For a while there, I had the paper and the phone together. And then I purged one. But uh, slow learner. <laughs> yeah, so is everybody starting to see the big differences here? And it's not just technology, okay? Technology, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a difference in technology. No, it's fundamentally becoming a change in thinking and how we approach life. It's an encyclopedia world to a Wikipedia world. It's an absolute truth world to a, a experienced truth world. Okay, these are complicated changes, and we're still figuring them out. Neuroscience is already showing us that fundamentally, because of all the technology, our brains are rewiring, okay? Neuroscience is finding that brains look different now than they did 20 years ago, and we don't understand why. That's a little scary, isn't it? In some ways, a little scary, but it's a big change. This is why your grandkids, some of you, you have grandkids, and they're so different from you. They are really different from you, and it used to be generations are like that, right? Like, you are different than your grandparents. Like, okay, but this difference is different, Okay, you are more like your grandparents than you are like your grandkids. Okay, when you babysit your grandkids, it is now a cross-cultural experience. They're living in a different world than you are. Or if you're younger here, you go to visit your grandparents, it is a cross-cultural experience. They talk about stuff you don't understand. You talk about stuff they don't understand. It's a new, new world. And here's the other big change. Not only is this bigger than a generational change, but it's also crossing over. Right? Now Steve has to have an iPhone. Wasn't it interesting when, when, uh, when there was a COVID vaccine, you had to register for it online. So I watched a lot of people, their kids and their grandkids were trying to register them for a COVID vaccine because you had to register online. You could not register by the phone. Couldn't stop in. You had to do it online. Whether we all like it or not, some of us are going smoothly to transition to Googlers. Some of us are fighting it tooth or nail, but we are all becoming more like Jaden. The world is becoming a Googler world. And it's different, and it just works different. Like, Steve, how many people, when you were in school, how many people were in organizations, like clubs, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Future Farmers, yeah, 4-H? People were into that. There was a lot of people that were into that. A lot, like, I lived out in the county, so a lot of 4-H, you know, uh, uh, welding and you know, masonry uh, crafts and what have you. But, uh, and a lot of people went to church, you know, a lot of uh, maybe only on Easter and Christmas or something, but at least they did attend church at some time. Yeah. Most of the people that I knew. Yeah, so, so Jaden's experience in this is very different. How many of your friends are in some kind of club? Uh, I would say... I, I would say majority of people are in, like, band or sports, but just about nobody's in any sort of, like... You don't know anybody still Scouts. in Boy Scouts? No. Doesn't know anybody in Boy Scouts, Right. Nobody in a lot of those kind of clubs. And then tell everybody about people that you know that do or do not go to church. Um, I would say probably about 50% of people believe there is, or, or 75% of people in my school believe there's 
some type of God, and then 25% of people never gone to church. 50% of people have gone, but not frequently, and 25% actually actively go. Yeah. Everybody think about that. 25% of people Jaden knows in school have never been in a church. They don't know how to walk in. They don't know what a bulletin is. They have never sat through a service. 25%. Uh, that's, by the way, that's Nishanic. I would guess that that number is a little high yeah. of, across the nation. Right? Is that crazy to think about? Okay. Uh, so, Jaden, uh, what would you... Well, Steve, first, what would you look for in a church? Like you got to pick a church. What would be valuable for you as a Gutenberger in a church? Uh, the stability, the people, uh, uh, staying true to the word, um, the facility, um, the camaraderie with the, with the congregation, with the people. Okay. Jaden? Um, I, I think I would look for a, a place that is really good a healthy place with good people but overall I, I see church more as like I, I see like Christianity as like a journey and um, the church is more of a, a gas station uh, on your way in this journey to help you continue learn and grow um, as a person and in your religion yeah I think that's true for a lot of Googlers a lot of Googlers are much more interested in what happens outside the church than what's inside the church what happens here is fueled for what we do out there. Okay? Whereas I think for a lot of Gutenbergers, the church is sort of the destination. For a lot of Googlers, the church is the airport. This is where we take off from. This is where we can learn. Um, and like, here's the challenge. A lot of Googlers don't understand what they can gain from being in here. Uh, everybody seeing this difference? It's a big difference. It's a big change. It's more than generational. It is occurring and it is changing our World. So, uh, Jaden, what do you think are some of the weaknesses of Googler thinking? Um, I think that everybody is very personalized and, like, they don't want people to tell them who they are. So they're very, like, on their own and trying to pick their own path. But it almost makes there be some sort of disconnect between people and community uh, in my generation. Yeah, and then a loss of history. You and I have yeah. talked about this. yeah. Like everybody's trying to figure out their own spirituality and ignoring 3,000 years of people talking about it, you know? Steve, what do you think is the weakness of Gutenberger thinking? Uh, um, the, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so just, sometimes you just don't understand. I know from my point of view, I have to willfully press myself to ask and what what Jaden is thinking and why do you think of it that way why, why are we doing and you have to have a trust between us to keep that communication link open um, is, is my point of view yeah and what do you wish that Googlers knew about Googlers or about Gutenbergers or what do you think Jaden might be missing that you think your generation could offer uh, we're truly on his side and we're all in this together so it's, it's just a common ground that we need to find and work off of each other. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you wish Googlers um, knew about Go- or Gutenbergers knew about Googlers? I think that we're not as much... Uh, we, we don't live completely off of electronics and that like we really like community and spending time with people and the little things. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, we've been reflecting on this because... 
Like we've been getting into vinyl records. We've been getting into more outdoor experience. Like I think there's actually some pushback against yeah. digital in some ways. Yeah. Everybody clearly seeing the change in thinking? Now, are a lot of you Gutenbergers? Yeah, a lot of you are Gutenbergers. Like, yeah, there's a lot more Gutenbergers here. But how many of you are feeling this push where we're becoming more like Googlers? Whether we want to or not, we're moving this to this side. Okay? And I'm in the middle, so I was, I was, I can remember some of these transitions, but I had some of them early enough that I can sort of go with it. It's, but for Jaden, it's native. Okay, it's like if you move to Germany right now, you'd have to learn this culture, you'd have to learn this language. Well, it's like Jaden's been raised in it, so he can speak it. Some of us, though, are trying to learn German, trying to figure out the customs of this new world. It's harder for us. Okay, but, but I have them both up here because I want you to understand these huge changes. And I don't think COVID changed this. I think what COVID did was just speed it up, right? That all of a sudden, I'm doing pastoral care in nursing homes on iPads. Okay, because of COVID, I can't go in. Suddenly, there's handing people in nursing homes an iPad. It's a, it's like it. COVID just re- made rapid what I think was already starting to happen in some of these changes. And there's going to be pros and cons, everybody. Right? There's certain things we're going to lose. That's not a big deal. There's no campaign to bring back slide rules. Right? There's no website like you know it was great. Party lines on phones. Nobody is like that's those are losses. Okay, whatever. Party lines. Okay, this is much better. The heating systems are much better. Cars are much better, right? Like, of course, there's a lot of gains, too, like positive things, medical stuff, and, and the ability to communicate with people that live far away. Like, there's gains, too. There's also going to be negatives, right? Like, if we lose slide rules, okay. If we lose our ability to do math, that might be a problem, okay? Or Steve was saying, we were talking about this last night, we can't spell anymore, Everybody uses autocorrect. We're losing our ability to spell because the phone is spelling for us. That's probably going to be a problem later. Okay, we, we don't know how to communicate. Um, and we don't know how to have deep relationships. For as digital as the world gets, we actually need more face-to-face. This is the opportunity the church has. I hope you're not seeing this as totally negative either. I hope this is a wake-up call for the church because we as a church have a lot to offer Googlers. But they're not looking for it. And we don't know how to share it with them. We've got to be able to change our language into a Googler world. And here's why I'm talking about this during a sermon. is because, number one, I see this as a real pastoral issue. For a lot of us, we're struggling with this. We're struggling with the way the world's changing. It's a major source of anxiety. For a lot of families, I think this is a struggle. Because your grandkids are very different than you are. And it's hard to connect sometimes with the next generations. Because, they, because it's not just a generational thing. It's a huge gap in thinking. And the other thing is, I think we all understand that churches, organizations, clubs have to make this shift. Okay, I'll say it this way. Businesses that cannot hire, speak to, communicate with, employ Googlers are doomed to be slide rules. Okay, Uh, clubs, organizations, churches. Okay, churches are going to be party lines if they can't move into some of this Googler World And is that easy? No. Would some of us rather not do it? Sure. I, there's some Google stuff I would rather not have. But it is the world we're living in. And so we have to sort of move into that. So if I'm reading the times, if I'm reading the skies, I think this is some of what's happening. And Google accelerated it. And here we go. We've, we've got to adjust to this new world. We've got to, we've got to reach out to a Googler world. And it's going to be some work for some of us. 
But it is where we are and it is where we need to go. Anyway, was this helpful for everybody? Kind of see? Okay, and what I hope we modeled here was exactly what we have to do, which is listen to each other. Okay, we need to listen to some of our younger folks who understand this Google world and are native and can teach us how to do it. And if you're younger in this crowd, you need to, you need to actually listen to some of our, our Gutenberger folks because they actually have some things to teach and they also need your help, right? So we have to sort of listen to and work well together for this. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. Thank you. Can, we, can, I, can you thank my volunteers? You can turn your mic off.